Luke chapter 1, uh, beginning of verse 39, we read, Now Mary arose in those days and went into the hill country with haste to a city of Judah and entered the house of Zacharias and greeted Elizabeth. And it happened when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary that the babe leaped in her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Then she spoke out with a loud voice and said, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. But why is this granted to me, that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For indeed, as soon as the voice of your greeting sounded in my ears, the babe leaped in my womb for joy. Blessed is she who believed, for there will be a fulfillment of those things which were told her from the Lord. And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit has rejoiced in God my Savior. For he has regarded the lowly state of his maidservant. For behold, henceforth all generations will call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. And his mercy is on those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. He has put down the mighty from their thrones and exalted the lowly. And he has filled the hungry with good things and the rich he has sent away empty. And he has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham and to his seed forever. And Mary remained with her about three months and returned to her house. <clears throat> the, um, events that took place this week in Connecticut and even, I don't know if you heard, in Alabama yesterday morning are a... Um, a tragic and sobering reminder of the exceeding darkness around us. There's um, certainly no need for details, um, but we are reminded of how dark evil indeed is. We're reminded of um, the depths to, to which sin will take a person. And we're reminded that we live in a world that is not just indeed fallen, but a world that is riddled with the effects of sin. Um, death, evil, suffering and pain, those serve as constant reminders that, uh, that sin is dark. That sin is despairing. The scriptures offer us a promise in the uh, Magnificat that we uh, have just read, Mary's response to Elizabeth. Uh, we read of, of, she speaks present tense of what God's future intention is for his people. The world will be put to rights. She speaks of that, of, of what is to come as though it's already here because what the scriptures promise us is Emmanuel. God with us. The scriptures promise us that a light shines in the darkness. 
that God, Emmanuel, has entered our world of exceeding darkness. And his entrance into this world is really kind of an invasion. He has invaded our world. He has come in. And while his entrance into our world is on the one hand an invasion, it's on the other hand yet very unassuming and unpretentious. He quietly entered. It was shepherds who visited. The Magi did not visit for perhaps up to two years. Could have been soon after the nativity, but perhaps as far as two years after. But he comes unassumingly, unpretentiously. He just shows up one dark night. And he shows up to an unsuspecting world. And his entrance, Emmanuel, God with us, God having invaded our world, really ought to inspire a couple of feelings, a couple of of responses, a couple of not just emotions, but recognitions in us. Number one, it ought to cause great fear. Because when God shows up, He shows up to judge sin. Light bursting through the darkness is a judgment against the darkness. The darkness will not have the last word. Sin will not have the last word on humanity and on the world in in which God has entered, the world that He created. When God shows up, there is a sense of great fear that we ought to all have. We ought to all be searching ourselves. God, is there any darkness in me? Because I cannot bear your judgment. It's easy to um, point to the darkness outside. It's easy to point to darkness that is... um, so obvious and so exceedingly great and to forget the fact that um, darkness darkness is something that we all have to wrestle with and we all have to allow God's light to shine in us to the extent that the darkness is extinguished. But his entrance ought to also inspire great hope because when God shows up, he shows up not just to judge, he shows up to redeem. Mary said, with your right arm, you have saved us. The right arm of God all throughout the Old Testament was the promise of the Messiah. The, The right arm being a sign of strength, a sign of might, a sign of surety. And his right arm, his Messiah has come to redeem us. He has come to set us free. He has come to shatter the darkness with the light of God. And that ought to give us great hope. Because the darkness will not have the last word. Because sin is not the last thing to be said of humanity. Emmanuel is. It is God with us who will have the last word. This morning, we lit the candle of celebration. And as um, Zoe read, it reminds us that we're almost there. Christmas is almost here. We've been preparing ourselves. 
we've been waiting in hopeful expectation and we take a few breaths this day and celebrate Emmanuel, God with us. Christmas is right around the corner. And as the scriptures proclaim to us, the return of Christ is right around the corner. People ask me um, often, especially as I was a, a, a teacher in a private Christian school, Mr. Gobble, when's Jesus coming back? And I would always tell them, you know what? Jesus himself said, it's not up to me to know, it's up to the Father to know. I have no earthly idea. I can guarantee you it's closer today than it was yesterday. He might come back this afternoon. He might come back 250 years from now. We have no idea. One thing I'm certain of, he's not coming back on the 21st. <laughs> Just because God won't let that happen. <laughs> Rest assured, if any man says, I know for a fact that's when God's doing that, he's not. <laughs> the scriptures promise us, Emmanuel, God with us, God in our midst, God showed up on the scene, God on this earth, God in human form, God with us. That is the promise of the scripture. Light shines in the darkness. And as we've lit the candle of celebration, we are reminded that there is reason to celebrate. Though Christmas is not yet here, though the return of Christ has not yet come, we celebrate that He is still God with us. He is still Emmanuel. And so why do we celebrate? We celebrate because of His presence. We celebrate the presence of and nearness of God in Christ. Why do we celebrate? Because God is with us. Because God is near to us. The, the, the very nature of the church causes it to celebrate. The, the early church gathered on Sunday, the day after the Sabbath. They worshipped on the Sabbath as well, but they would Worship on Sunday because that was the Lord's Day is what they called it in the New Testament. It was the day of the resurrection. It was the day that Christ rose from the dead. The day that victory was, 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 um, was secured. And so they, they worshipped. They gathered together and they celebrated every single week the resurrection of Christ. Because Christ, our Redeemer, has saved us. Why do we celebrate? We celebrate because of His presence. We celebrate because of His nearness. The disciples knew. The early church knew. The church throughout the book of Acts, the church throughout the centuries has known that He who was crucified is still living. He rose from the dead. He took back up His body. And He won victory for us. And every week as we gather, we celebrate His real presence with us. This is not just some form of, of memory. We don't, we don't gather on Sunday mornings to just remember Jesus. We don't celebrate uh, Holy Communion just to remember what He did. We celebrate, we gather because He is with us even now. And as I was thinking throughout the week, as um, the week obviously turned quite dark um, in the news and in media, um, I thought we celebrate Him who is with us even in the darkness. And then I, I think it was yesterday, I, uh, I don't know, maybe 
maybe you could say the Holy Spirit checked my thoughts. He does, he's not with us even in the, in the darkness. He is with us especially in the darkness. He enters our world of darkness knowing full well how dark it is. He takes the burden of man's guilt upon himself not by happenstance, knowing, but knowing how heavy that burden of guilt is. He takes it. He enters our world because of the darkness. Celebrate his presence and his nearness. And his presence brings hope, brings peace, brings love and joy. In fact, his presence brings life, his presence brings redemption. Mary's Magnificat speaks of a world where things are turned upside down. Speaks of a world where Emmanuel, God with us, has turned everything on its head. He puts to shame the kingdoms of the world. He rights our wrongs. He causes light to shine in the darkness. He brings hope and peace and love and joy. In our death, He brings life. In our lostness, He brings redemption. In a world that is choked, smothered by darkness and sin, He brings joy and peace. We celebrate this God. The God who took on His creation. The God who became a part of the human race to redeem the human race. We celebrate the presence of a God who walks into a world of darkness and brings light. We celebrate one who is near to us in our pain. Not a God who's far off, who we can escape the realities of this world to, to put our minds elsewhere. We celebrate the presence of a God who is near to us in our deepest and darkest of hurts. And we, as the body of Christ, you know, that's not just a label that God gives to His church. That's a reality. We are His body. We are His presence here. We are His people. Living in His world. Rubbing shoulders with people who don't know Him. Working with people who are surrounded by darkness, who cannot see the light. We are His body.
There are people in your life, there are people in my life who need hope. Their lives are desperate. There are people in your life and in my life who need peace. They feel like the world is just pure turmoil. Nothing is going right. Everything seems to be spinning out of control. Everything seems to be just in a free fall. We need peace. There are people in your life and in mine who need love. Not um, the remarkable thing about... um, about our need in, um, in the midst of loss, in the midst of despair, is we, we don't need answers. We don't need words. We don't need people to try to explain things or brush things away. Or We need love. The presence of someone. Someone who just cares. Not someone with answers. Not someone with uh, explanations. Someone who simply cares and it's interesting what happens when uh, when tragedy hits a community whether it's a small community like you know our neighborhood or whether it's a large community like a nation um, when tragedy hits people um, people on the outside are fighting to provide answers what happened why did things go wrong what led to this? Were there signs? Was there this? Was there that? What connections? But the people living in the midst of despair, in the midst of darkness, in the midst of evil, they need love. And you and I know people who need love. We live next door to people who desperately need love. We work with them. We run into them all the time. And it's kind of odd to say this in in the middle of a season that we typically think of as being merry and joyful and, you know, I don't know if you say Merry Christmas, the traditional thing, or Happy Christmas, which kind of says the same thing but shakes things up a little bit, makes people think, stop and think. But we think of this season as being a happy time, a joyful time, a merry time. But you see them in the middle of Walmart while they're buying Christmas gifts. There are people who need joy. Who are caught, whether it's in the rat race of life or caught in the hustle and bustle of the season or just caught in the, in the, um, the daily frustrations of living, they need joy. And the question is, what hope do we offer people? What hope do we have ourselves? What peace do we offer and what peace do we have ourselves? What love do we offer and what love do we have ourselves? What joy? Not to... um, not to oversimplify things, 
but in a simple word, the scriptures tell us what our hope, peace, and love and joy is. Emmanuel. God with us. He redeems us. He shatters our darkness. He destroys death by his life. And he puts the world to rights. He is our hope. He is our peace. He is the one who brings to us love from heaven and joy that's known by the angels. And we celebrate Him. And we celebrate Him not just by gathering on a Sunday morning and singing songs. We celebrate Him in our daily living. If we are His people, we celebrate Him in our daily living. We celebrate Him while we're in the middle of the grocery store. We celebrate Him while we type into the computer in our workspaces. We celebrate Him while we rake up leaves. If we are His people, then we sense His presence. We know His nearness at all times. Not that there are times when, not that there are not times where we wonder, Lord, where, what's going on here? Where are you? Those times will, uh, will surely come. Those are the times when we need the scriptures and we need prayer more than ever. Because he promises, even when we feel that he's gone, the psalmist felt it, Lord, where are you? We think we're better than the psalmist. There are times when we, when we don't feel his presence, when we don't feel his nearness. And those are the times when he is especially near. When he is especially near. Present to us. If you would look at the back of your little communication cards, I wonder if today you would say, "You know what? I need to. Uh, I need to more intentionally celebrate the presence of Christ." Um, and I'm going to do that this week. This week, I'm going to find some way, whether it's um, to spend some time, maybe out on the front porch, drinking a cup of coffee, and just stopping and and taking a moment to uh, to to reflect on his presence whether it's singing uh, singing christmas hymns in the car while nobody's listening or whether it's gathering the whole family together to sing i'm going to celebrate the presence of christ more intentionally this week than i have in the weeks previous i'm going to celebrate his presence i'm going to make it a point to I wonder if um, perhaps God's laid someone on your heart and mind this morning. I imagine there are probably names and faces that, that he can bring to your mind even in this very moment. And he would say, you need to show the love of Christ to them this week. I mean, just some small way. Maybe just in picking up the phone and calling or stopping by their desk and checking on them. But 
I'm going to show the love of Christ in an intentional way, in a meaningful way, in a very real and tangible way. I'm going to show Christ's love to them this week. And I hope that, as always, I hope that you'll invite someone to worship with you next week as we gather again to celebrate the presence of Jesus, to celebrate God with us. Emmanuel. Don't forget, as you um, fill out these communication cards, I want to ask you to drop them off on the offering plate in the uh, back of the sanctuary as the service ends. And don't forget also that on the back of your bulletin, you've got those same exact responses that you can mark, keep your bulletin with you, a way you can, as you celebrate His presence, as Maybe you want to sing some of these songs, some of these hymns uh, throughout the week. And um, it will also help you keep tabs on the announcements as well as uh, remember the responses that you've made uh, to this time of worship. Let's pray.